Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Let's bring in another voice, shall we, on the show. No offense there to Syria or Siri or Edna or whatever the texters. Edna. Yeah, some guy's calling her Edna. Um, let's go to Brad Spielberger. He is from Pro Football Focus. We want to talk to him about these wide receivers that could be available in free agency by trade. You know we got to ask him about the Brian Burns situation He's thinking well. these guys called twice before they can actually <laughs> sign players in the offseason. And uh, he joins us here in the show. Uh, Brad Spielberger, PFF. Brad, what's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, doing well. How you guys doing? We're doing good. We found a new toy, this voice that's talking to us right now. So we're like kids on Christmas morning, but we must focus now. We must get back to the task at hand. Before we ask you about this wide receiver group, whether it's free agents or, you know, guys that could be available in trade, and obviously the Panthers need help there, uh, this Burns thing has heated up lately because Joe Person here locally from the in, in The Athletic has reported that, you know, Brian Burns – the Panthers offered him five-year, $27 million a year uh, money last year. That would make him the third highest paid edge in the league, but he was holding out for more like 30. He then went out there and even by his own account, you know, had a disappointing year by his standards. What do you think, like, what do you think is a good value for Brian Burns that, that could be something both parties could agree upon? Yeah, you know, at this point, you know, the longer you wait, the more the market's going to go up and up and up. And obviously we saw Nick Bosa sign a deal for $34 million a year last year. Obviously I'm not saying he's going to get into those numbers, but you know, that's kind of the nature of what happens when, you know, a, a, a big contract comes through and rises every deal behind it. And now you're going to see Josh Allen in Jacksonville probably also get franchise tags like Burns, but as an argument to become, you know, the next $30 million per year edge rusher. So, even if you don't think Burns is kind of on the the level of the guys at that number, you look right now, T.J. Watt at 28, Joey Bosa at 27, those guys signed their deals, you know, three, four years ago. So that's just kind of how the market tends to go. Um, he is worth $27, 28000000 million a year. Maybe not 30, um, but, but certainly up in that area as one of the better pure pass rushers in the NFL. I know there was some, you know, some scattered production this past season, but a really, really good player, um, a foundational piece, a cornerstone of a defense, that's that's his market. Brad, we're going to kind of go one by one here and analyze the wide receivers that are on the free agent market, their situation and, and how the Panthers might get involved in the fit for them. What do you think about Mike Evans? There's the, there's the connection with Dave Canales. Not sure what that means, or if he just wants to get the most money. How do you think this plays out with really the biggest wide receiver out there in name, uh, in Mike Evans as we approach free agency. Yeah, I think the Canales connection really matters because you, you saw an offense that really, really prioritized Evans and made him the focal point of the uh, the passing attack and uh, so all those play-action deep shots always looking Mike Evans' way. You saw him, I think, attack more you know, across the middle of the field um, on, on a lot of posts and different things, not just running a bunch of vertical routes you know, on the boundary. So it is probably a question of, I think in the past he was willing to maybe take some less money, try to get a ring. He did that with Tom Brady. Does he still want to do that? Or is he looking to now at the end of his career, you know, cash out to a degree. He's still going to show up and be one of the hardest working guys in the building. I have no question about that, but is he prioritizing money a little bit? And that I think is the only way Carolina wins the, you know, wins the negotiation here. It's not a very attractive spot from winning right away. Uh, but, yeah, if they want to make him one of the highest-paid wide receivers in the NFL, 
you know, 22, 23, 24 million dollars a year, then, uh, then then they could be in the mix. Who? Which ones do you think end up with the tag? It sounds like Evans won't be tagged because because of his previous salary, the number will be so high. But are we looking at Pittman and Higgins tagged? What's your feeling on on which of the wide receivers get the tag put on them? Yeah, those two I expected. So, so I would be surprised if we don't get a tag for both T. Higgins in Cincinnati and Michael Pittman in Indy. The one thing I would say about Higgins is, and I'm not saying I expect this or anything like that, but I think it's more likely that we maybe get a tag there and early negotiations go poorly and he demands a trade. And again, Cincinnati might not you know, cater to that request or – or really care at all. They, they've, you know, kind of shown that they go about their business. They, they, they aren't going to be swayed by what a player says or does. Um, and the player is going to show up and keep playing. So, nevertheless, obviously has a connection to the area as a former Clemson guy. Maybe there's a tag and trade scenario there, but most likely those two players are just, are just not available. Talking to Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, kind enough to join us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline here on the Mac and Bone Show, Brad. In terms of Calvin Ridley, how, how do you think he fits uh, what the Panthers are looking for? I think he'd be a good option. He, he's a, still a very good separator. I think he'd come in and be your move receiver, um, you know, and come in and you see him still a good route runner. People will talk about his drops, which no question were there. But you look at the first half of the season versus the second half of the year, and I think as he got his feet underneath him, got back adjusted to the you know speed of the NFL game after an extended absence, the drops came down. So I think it was just focus and getting used to getting hit again. And maybe, you know, there was a little bit of thinking of the step he was going to take after he caught the football, and that led to the drop. So, yeah, still a very, very good player. Um, a guy that can be a total target hog. Had 140, I think, targets this past year in Jacksonville. Can win intermediate and deep. Um, and key for Bryce Young. Like, he, he gets open. He's a good route runner. Will create separation and actually show his numbers and, and, and you know, be open. Um, you know, which will go a long way in this offense. That was near the bottom of the NFL and pretty much any separation metric or tight window throw metric, anything you could find, the Panthers were, receivers were not getting open. Uh, the, the next group after that, I would say, gets you into the um, Marquise Brown area, Gabe Davis. Um, I would even throw maybe Michael Will- Mike Williams in there. There's talk he could be released to save $20 million against the cap by the Chargers. Do any of those guys like if that if the Panthers draft somebody at thirty three, and then go get re- what Gabe Davis, Mike Williams, or or Marquise Brown? Like, is that good enough? What What do you think? I I think they should do both. Um, you know, add a upper middle tier receiver if they can't get a, go after and take a big swing. I think a Marquise Brown is kind of becoming a little bit underrated. When I watch him on film, still a guy that can create separation, that is a good you know, player in traffic despite his size, can make players miss after the catch. So, you know, there have been some injuries and some up-and-down play in Arizona, uh, but the talent is still there. And then, yes, yeah, I think you're sitting at 33. Uh, if you're Carolina and there's a phenomenal crop of players, funny, we actually just talked about T. Higgins and Michael Pittman, uh, two guys that went 33rd and 34th overall mm. uh, a couple of years ago. There always seemed to be, you know, Debo Samuel went 35th or 36th yeah. overall, like, there's always guys in that range, and this year in particular, with how loaded this class is. Like, I think the guy like Troy Franklin from Oregon is still available at 33. Um, I don't know about Brian Thomas Jr. at LSU. He might be climbing too much right now. But, like, there's going to be a guy that is probably an immediate impact day one player. Ideally, you know, it's not always guaranteed like we saw with Jonathan Mingo. But 
But this receiver class is, is far more highly touted than last year. Brad, our ears perked up late last week and over the weekend when we we found out that Seattle media has been talking a lot about the future of DK Metcalf with his situation and what they need to try to fix their roster with McDonald there now. And they were talking about what would a trade look like? Is it going to be like a Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown situation for Metcalf? Do you do you think that's possible that they would move on from Metcalf? And would the Panthers have anything they could offer? There is obviously the staff connection from the Metcalf years in Seattle, or is that just something that seems a little too pie in the sky that he might be out there for the Panthers to get? Yeah, it's a little surprising to me. I think he's a perfect fit with, you know, with a good downfield passer, and Geno Smith, a, a guy that can win obviously over the top, um, you know, physical over the middle, can, can can obviously run after the catch and and burn people in space. So it'd be surprising, obviously, they draft Jackson Smith and Jigbo, but I'm guessing if they were going to make a move, I know Tyler Lockett is like a Seahawks like cornerstone and. It, and this great guy, and they love him, you know, on the field and off the field. But I imagine he could be, in theory, the odd man out, not a much younger and very recently extended DK Metcalf. Like, I don't have the contract in front of me, but you're paying, at that point, probably $30 million for, like, a season of Metcalf on his extension uh, if I were to look at the cash flow. So that would surprise me. You're definitely talking probably a first-round pick, like you said, an A.J. Brown type of market, um, maybe not quite as high just because, you get no cheap years. You're immediately taking on an extension. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't know if I see that one. But, obviously, Seattle, if they're talking about it, it's probably for a reason. That, uh, a lot of Panther fans have brought up Brandon Ayuk also. There's there's a lot of people that think he could get traded. He's got one year left. Brad is thinking, how many oh, wideouts do you guys need? Oh, we got a whole list of wideouts, Brad. <laughs> oh, we go all day. There's no, go all day. Hey, hey, hey Brad's at home hey, with this, man. We've got a tight end list here, too, Brad. <laughs> all right, we'll get to that next. We'll get to that next. And that O-line after that. Okay. And we get to the O-line <laughs> list. Um, right. Brad Spielberger, PFF, trying to help us evaluate this group of wide receivers. So, the, you know, you hear it. The Brandon Ayuk trade talk going into the last year of his deal. Um, how do you think that, like, do you think he becomes available and, and, and what would it take? Obviously you then got to pay him to make it worth your while. Right. What, what do you think about that situation? Yeah. So that one I think is more, is more possible. Um, and, you know, San Francisco just where they're at right now with so many massive contracts across their entire roster, you know, could they make it work? Yes. Do they want to pay two receivers 23-plus million? That's where Debo's at, and I think Ayuk would, would top all of those guys and probably get $25, $26 million a year. I think he's one of the best route runners in the entire NFL. Uh, phenomenal after the catch, good hands. <laughs> can do really everything, and I don't think we haven't even seen the full scope of his powers and his skill set just because of how loaded that offense is. So, again, that, that, that's first-plus. You know, you're talking, I don't know about two first-round picks, but definitely a first-round pick and a day-two pick if I'm San Francisco. You are extending right away. Um, you have to. And the player does get a bunch of leverage when you get traded for top-end draft capital. You know, they can then kind of hold that over the new team because they know they're not going to you know, bring them in for one year and, and not get a multi-year deal done. So, yeah, you're, you're looking near the top of the market at that point, um, which in my eyes is actually about $25 million per year right now. But Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb, and those guys are probably looking to get an actual $30 million per year deal or, or around that number. Um, so, yeah, long answer short, I do think Ayuk is a, is a going to become a legitimate trade candidate. The Niners negotiate as hard as anybody. We saw Debo Samuel you know, request a trade before his deal got done, and it's just there's going to have to be some tough decisions in San Fran, and maybe Ayuk is one of them. All right, and, and the rub with the Panthers and the free and the wide receiver trade thing is not only do you have to pay them, but we don't have a first round pick. 
You know, that's the, we are yeah. short on draft collateral already, and that gets people people into uh, Brian Burns. Would you be willing to trade Brian Burns to get collateral to get an IUK? Would you? Would you? Is that a good move for the Panthers? Are they better off signing Burns and then you know going after one of those free agents we talked about? Yeah, I mean, it would certainly help to, to rebuild your draft capital. Uh, it, you know, like you said, you don't have the first-round pick. There have been a bunch of recent trades that have kind of chipped away at some of your your, your stock there. So, um, you know, trading Burns, you're still getting a first-round pick. I think even though it's a new regime, it's going to be so hard to know there was a two-first and a second on the table from the Rams, um, and, and now you're not going to get close to that. I think you probably get a first and, and then a probably a day-two pick as well. Um, but but not too first at this point for Brian Burns. So, you know what, they're, they're, you can make an argument. And, and obviously they want to prioritize offense. There's a reason why they hired Dave Canales, and, and they clearly believe in, you know, offensive side of the football is how you win games in today's NFL. But at that point, you basically have Derrick Brown. Um, you know, J.C. Horman healthy is awesome, but Derrick Brown and just a bunch of question marks. Like, do you bring back Frankie Lugo in that scenario? You know, how do you kind of build out the rest of that defense without a – clear number one edge rusher, you probably at that point, I mean, probably the worst edge rusher group in the NFL if you do move on from oh, yeah. Brian Burns. So, yeah, it's, it's all fluid. It's all options they have to explore. Um, but, but I would probably lean towards keep your homegrown guy uh, and then try to add, you know, a, a free agent as well as the 33rd pick, you, you know, bring in a, a talented receiver there. He is. Right, Brad, we'll try to leave you alone for a couple weeks now. There you go. We'll call, yeah. Now, two weeks later, uh, be ready for the tight end conversation. All right. Sounds he, great. I'll, he, I'll be prepared. He is Brad Spielberger. He's always prepared at PFF underscore Brad on Twitter, part of the great PFF team. Thank you, Brad. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, guys. Shower, shave, and sh- share your mornings with Mac and Bone. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. The official home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.